0: Welcome back to the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, hour number two, tuning it up for you, the Golden Knights against the Nashville Predators. A big game for the Golden Knights, a point out of a playoff spot. It's They've kind of been walking that line and they've managed to stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. Well, uh, last night was the night that, uh, that Vegas fell behind by a single point, but they can jump right back in uh, with the win tonight and a little bit of health help. It's uh, uh, Health would also uh, be an assistance. Uh, Evgeny Dodonov expected a play tonight. Mm. Uh, he is available, and Max Pacioretty is a game-time t- decision after taking the morning skate today. So uh, a little bit of progress in the health department, and see if they can translate that into two points on the ice. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace here on the VGK Insider Show. We are going to bring you some sound from today's media session involving head coach Pete DeBoer, and then we'll get into story time uh, in just a little bit uh, that uh Commentary that uh, I want to offer regarding the power play of the Pittsburgh Penguins and how they just draw it up. Do the players do it, or do the coaching staff uh, really put that in? Uh, so I've got uh, a great one from back in the day with the St. Louis Blues and Brett Hull in just a little bit. But when it comes to the Golden Knights tonight, trying to rebound after being blanked on the two-game road trip to Minnesota and Winnipeg, uh, important facet to remember is they scored five goals in each of their last two games in wins over the Florida Panthers and the Los Angeles Kings, and they've scored first in seven of their last eight home games. So things are, are good at home, mm-hmm. as much as uh, the road trip uh, both previously, the five-gamer and uh, the most recent two-gamer, Uh, Things have gone a a little bit awry and quiet uh, offensively. Uh, You can certainly point to some positives uh, uh, offensively for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then you you factor in Dodonov coming back in Mm -hmm. out of his limbo. And Pete DeBoer was asked about uh, Dodonov and if he's had a conversation with Evgeny Dodonov. And that conversation was back and forth. Uh, and Pete said, well, it's, it's key because I've had him before. And uh, I was uh, in charge of Evgeny uh, when he broke into the National Hockey League. We were both in Florida. And uh, this will actually loop back into a uh, big night for Pete DeBoer. But he said that uh, he was young and, uh, and he was a, a different player, a very talented player. But now he's older, uh, married, uh, has a family. And he said, "If anybody can handle this type of situation, it's Evgeny Dadonov. He's just got that personality where things will just roll off his off his back, and he'll be able to go out there and, and play his game. So I think that's an important thing to to, to think about. Uh, where and he, and he acknowledged some guys be really rattled by what they went through this week, mm-hmm. and also uh, being traded." No movement clause stepping in, coming back, going back in the lineup. Uh, unsure of themselves, he said that will not be an issue for Dodonov.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I think that we've seen obviously uh, Evgeny Dodonov here with the Vegas Golden Knights. He's he's as even keel as they come. He's he's just a guy that that goes about his business quietly and does what what's asked of him. And you know, for me, I, I think that you know it's it's certainly an interesting, unique situation, but. I have no doubt that as soon as he's on the ice, as soon as he's playing amongst his teammates, it's just going to be status quo. Go out there, give your all, do your best, and that's what Evgeny Dodonov is going to bring to the table tonight.
0: And I've watched players interact with uh, Dodonov, and it's it's genuine uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. They really like him, and the Vegas players know what's at stake here. They know the situation. Sure, it'd be awkward for the player, but I can tell you that the Donov wanted to play in that game in in Minnesota. Of course, he, he was traded at that point, but he knew he knew that he had the no movement clause. Yeah, he still wanted to play. He wanted to play the game against the Winnipeg Jets when things were still in limbo. Yeah, he was. Uh, very much in favor of being allowed if, if possible to be able to go down and, and play in that game so uh, being jumping back in tonight is not a question of tiptoeing back in a lineup I, I think he absolutely goes
1: and jumps in and with both feet and and does his thing yeah I, I do too I, again I, I I look at this as just another opportunity for Evgeny Dodonov to to do what he was brought here to do, and that's helped this hockey team win games. And, you know, the circumstances surrounding the trade, I think everybody understands and recognizes that it's not it's not a, a production issue. It's not a not liking the player issue. It was... A dollars and cents issue and that is the business aspect of hockey everybody that plays this game and has a contract understands that that is something that's there but the fact of the matter is right now Evgeny Dodonov is a Vegas Golden Knight that trade was reversed and his objective is to go out there and play for this hockey club and he that is something that he fought for and that like that's the other side of this the other aspect of this that I think a lot uh, that that's, that's missing If if there were going to be hurt feelings, if there were going to be uncomfortable moments or whatever the case may be, if you're looking at it saying it's awkward, well, the easiest way to have avoided that was to just accept the trade. And that wasn't something that he was willing to do because he wants to be here.
0: Now, Pete DeBoer had, of getting to Donov, at the start of his career. That was in uh, Florida. Yeah. Pete broke into the National Hockey League after a very successful career in the Ontario Hockey League. Won a championship, won a Memorial Cup title uh, as uh, the champion of the Canadian Hockey League. Graduated to the pros in 2008, 2009, and after Florida, moved on to New Jersey, where he went to a Stanley Cup final with Martin Brodeur as his goaltender, coached with the San Jose Sharks, returning to the Stanley Cup final, and is now into his third year with the Vegas Golden Knights where he's been to -to back-to-back third rounds tonight Pete DeBoer coaches in game 1,000 and was asked about that milestone today
2: I think depending on the day sometimes it feels like 10,000 sometimes it feels like my first um, you know that's the coaching roller coaster you ride so uh, I haven't actually thought much about it Um, you know we're in the middle of obviously uh uh, fighting for our life here down the stretch and in the day-to-day of, uh, of game planning and getting a lineup together and trying to win games. So, um, you know, when you do think about it, though, is when, you know, what's been nice about it, uh, both the 500 and the 1,000 coming here has been just the, the number of old Friends and people that uh, have helped me along the way reaching out, you know, that you haven't talked to in years or heard from in years or messages. uh, That's been nice. Uh, I I knew
0: Pete. I covered that Memorial Cup when when he won with the Kitchener Rangers in Mm -hmm. Quebec City. And, and was uh, part of an, an amazing hockey club uh, that managed to go out there and win the championship in in a tournament where Patrick Wall was one of the other coaches and uh, they they were by far the best team and seeing Pete graduate I was going through some pictures yeah the, uh, the other day uh, looking for something to, to send him and say boy you've come a long way since like because we were both uh, we were both so young a- at that point yeah. and seeing his confidence grow because he kind of didn't fall into coaching but it wasn't the intended path for Pete DeBoer Uh, he was a a seventh-round draft choice of the Toronto Maple Leafs played a couple of years pro and then decided to go to law school yeah and while he was at law school his best buddy Paul Maurice was coaching in the Ontario Hockey League and Paul said why don't you come over? Because they played junior hockey in Windsor. They were teammates uh, with with the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, Paul said, "Come and help me out, and uh, and and we'll have some fun." So it's two young guys having some fun and and coaching. Well, Paul ends up getting promoted to the Hartford Whalers, the and and goes down that path, and Pete takes over, and all of a sudden now he's a coach, <laughs> <laughs> and he likes it. Yeah. Well and he's got a passion for it and he stayed on that path got his law degree but loves this idea of of being in the game and and he went from helping out to being a little bit more involved to then being the head coach of a major junior team getting his law degree but choosing the hockey path and uh, and it's something Ha- things happen for a reason. I don't know. Sometimes you 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 make the choice and you just you believe that uh, that something else is guiding you. Mm-hmm. I am uh like you guys know that uh, I'm a believer in the in the higher uh spirits and in being guided along. I think this is one of those cases where if his best buddy isn't like coaching in the backyard where he's getting his law degree, yep.
1: we may never have heard from Pete DeBoer or heard of Pete DeBoer. Yeah. Uh, Serendipity, I guess, is, is mm-hmm. the word that you'd use or, or something to that nature or, or that effect. Um, a little different than ghosts. But, you know, listen, I, I think that, that you 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 put yourself in a position to create your own luck, right? You put yourself in a position, and, and maybe it's, it's divine intervention of how he got to that point. But as soon as you find what your passion is and you lean into it the way that you do, uh, the way that Pete DeBoer did with coaching um, – it's no surprise that he's here 1,000 games later at the NHL level. And, and it's it goes to um, Pete Carmanos. Like, he took a, a chance
0: on a very young, inexperienced Paul Maurice. Yeah. Who then leans on his buddy. <laughs> yeah. And i just like you to be right about it. Pete uh, Carmanos promotes Paul as the youngest coach in the National Hockey League to the Hartford Whalers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and... And subsequently has faith in Pete to take over. Yeah. So a a lot of this comes back to the Carmanos family, uh, and and what they they were looking for. But it's just it's a remarkable uh, coaching uh, career that came from the the most. Not the humblest of beginnings. John Cooper's got a great story, too. Like, he coached uh, in minor hockey, and he coached in some junior hockey, and uh, he's got a law degree, too, and, and, and basically started coaching because one of the partners uh, had, a, had a kid on the team and knew that, that that John had some experience in hockey and said, you go do that, and, and John <laughs> wants to impress the partner, so he goes and he does it. Yeah. So uh, different, but, but the same, where they, they got this little taste of it, and discovered that they had this massive passion for it and now, now paul has stepped back paul maurice has mm-hmm. stepped back from the from the game uh in winnipeg and pete is continuing and i i don't know paul lives in winnipeg he said that that's going to be his home uh even after uh, he was done with the jets and now now that uh now that he's backed away from that i i really hope that 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 pete and paul got a chance last week knowing that this thousandth game was on the horizon uh to have a beer last week and uh it the night before the game and be able to to share some stories it's uh it's it's pretty neat that and and his junior career was all world mm. and now he's turned it into a thousand games and still has uh, has some great uh great work to do he he expects this team to challenge for a stanley cup now you got to get healthy you got to get uh back on, on top of your game you got to find some confidence with this group whether or not that you're healthy or not you got to be able to 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 play and he was asked about this this group right now and where they are confidence
2: wise and this is what pete DeBoer had to say yeah well um i feel good about our group you know i, I think i think listen we you know when when you put the the names on the board and there's eight or nine regulars you know that aren't available to you i mean that's that's a and, and good players. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a half a team, but we can't spend any energy on that. I, I think the, the guys that are showing up that we have available to us are giving us everything they have. And, and you know what? I look back even to the road trip. You know, we, we've had opportunities to win almost every game we've been in, uh, played as hard or harder than the other team, and a lot of those games outshot, outchanced, or at least were even with really good healthy teams in all those games. So we're right there. You know, we, we can't spend any time on on, you know, the guys that we could have in or, you know, the guys that are injured, you know, the, the group that we have available to us is, is out there competing their ass off every night. This is one of those
0: places where there's a real separation between being a fan and being a player. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the the line is gets smudgy because things are going good and everybody's on the same page and and loving it Mm -hmm. i don't think a fan can properly comprehend how the athletes approach a situation like this
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that it it is one shift one period one game at a time and they're not paying attention to the outside noise we pay the outside noise is our livelihood Yeah, as broadcasters and the VGK Insider Show. Uh, the fans are our lifeblood, connecting with the listeners and being able to relate to, to them and the highs and the lows that, that we go through through the course of a season. But when it gets to the bumps in the road, and the challenges that the athletes face or the coaching staffs face then it it does become this this really small bubble of a world <laughs> and they're not looking at the players out of the lineup
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're not dealing with that on the bench during the course of a game when Pete is calling out lines and and changing his his units or working on his power play that's not happening it is very much in the moment the rest of us we're, we're we're on our phones or checking the out-of-town scoreboard or looking at the the ribbon around the rink yeah. or we're talking about yeah oh, we really need max patrick they're not saying that on the bench and it, it becomes so they're so isolated in their own world as a almost a, an ability to protect
1: themselves and keep
0: themselves focused on the prize.
1: It has Mentalized. It, it does. It has to be distilled down to only what you can and can't control, right? And and for every single person in the Golden Knights room, every single player that's going to step on the ice tonight, they can't control what the Dallas Stars do. They can't control what any of the other teams are doing a- a ahead of them in, in the standings. All they can control is their next shift, this game, and that's it. That's it. That's all they have control over. And, you know, I, I think you're you're absolutely on the money Darren in that there's a very very different perception of what has to happen or what is most important between where the Golden Knights players are in in the context of this game tonight or any game that they play between now and the end of the season and where the fans are because for fans it is well if this team loses and this happens and that yeah. happens and all this there's so many other variables but when it comes down to the players on the ice that are, are, are in it and the coaching staff that, that has to come up with a game plan of what they need to do with only the players they have available to them, everything else doesn't matter. Only the controllables. The best example of what we're talking
0: about will take place at 6.30 tonight. Gary Lawless and I will be on the TV side doing the pregame show, and we are going to have a conversation about the goaltending. And it is going to revolve as much about Robin Leonard and Laurent Brassois not being dressed tonight as it will Yuri Patera and Logan Thompson being the goaltending tandem Mm -hmm. this evening. We will talk about that because I think it's important that the listener knows or the viewer knows exactly what's happening with uh, Laurent Brassois and, and the goaltending uh, situation and why Yuri Patera is called up and th- that that Logan Thompson's going to get another start mm-hmm. but the players going through warm-up are focused on making sure that Thompson feels good that Patera feels comfortable mm-hmm. and they're worried about the next save yeah. and they're hoping that that it's that guy gives them the next save and they are all in with that guy and that guy is is logan thompson here's pete the boar just on
2: the goaltending situation well you know what he, he's he's, he's come in and played well you know and we need him to i mean you know we're, we're we're neither of our goalies is an option and haven't been for a little while now so he's come in and done a great job and uh, i think his journey has prepared him to to grab this and and uh, go with it and he's given us a chance to win every game that, that he's played, which is all you can ask for a guy in that situation to do. Um, but, you know, I think no one handed him a job. He went down the American League. He earned it. Uh, you know, he did it the right way. And, um, you know, I think we all feel confident that uh, he's up to the task.
1: I think the other aspect of that, too, and, and Pete mentioned the journey for for Logan Thompson to get to this point and, and what he was able to do last year in the AHL and kind of announcing, I am here, I'm going to be something, is you can rally around that too. And I think that what you what you might have here for the Vegas Golden Knights is an opportunity for the players to rally around Logan Thompson after the last two games where he didn't get any goal support. He didn't get the 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 plays that that you need to make in order to win games when your goaltender's holding you in. Um, And then you've got the rallying point uh, surrounding Evgeny Dodonov. Like you have an opportunity where um, I think the fact that you don't have Robin Leonard or Lorraine Brossois to to rely on or, or to lean on in this moment might give you a tighter ship in trying to find out how you can lean on and, and buoy everyone else around you. And I think Logan Thompson's come in. He's done his job. He's given you a chance to win. Now it's time for everyone else in that locker room to buoy Logan Thompson and give him the goals that he needs to help him win games. Well,
0: do the Golden Knights wish they had Robin Ladder? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Laura Bresswell? Yes. Yeah. Max Pacioretty? Mark Stone? Yes. 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 Go down the list. Yes. Logan Thompson is the best option. And until there's another option, he will continue to be the best option. Yeah. So you try to do as much as you can with that best option. There's no reason you don't roll. You don't give up. You continue to try and go with the best option, Mm -hmm. which includes the defensemen that we see, Mirmanov, Hayes, uh, Up. Uh, the, the lineup, Rombierg or Lasician or Cotter guys that are that are on the bubble, tweeners, they're the best option at a certain time, and you hope that they can find a way to get it done. It's not ideal. Logan Thompson wasn't scheduled to receive 10 appearances this year in the yep. National Hockey League when he had a 12-minute NHL stint yep. prior to this year. It's happened. Now, can he take advantage of it? Can can the players support him enough to get this done? Can they write this script with the dawn of and, and everything else coming in? We'll, we'll wait and see, but it's an incredible opportunity, and their bubble inside that world of the, the Vegas Golden Knights and the players and the coaching staff, they intend to go out and win this game while the rest of us are worried about The noise. Hmm. I love the noise. Make my living on noise. Yeah, you do. But those guys, they're not paying any attention to it. Uh, Fascinating game tonight. Uh, The Nashville Predators, who are a few points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights, can can Vegas trim that six point deficit down to four? Be a heck of an opportunity to reel in both Nashville, Minnesota. Los Angeles Edmonton a lot going on tonight with with this game. Dallas is on the ice tonight. Edmonton's on the ice tonight. Uh, you've, you've got uh, uh, the LA Kings on the ice tonight. there's you got to take care of your own business but this this is like Saturday in a golf tournament moving day.
1: I don't know. I don't get that.
0: Make make your big move. I mean, you like, position I, I yourself. Get, I
1: get movement. You can't. You can't talk to me about golf. You can't. You're not going to make
0: the playoffs tonight. But yeah. you're going to position yourself well, for it. All Tonight's the no- one of those nights.
1: All the no- matter unless you take care of your own business, mm-hmm. right? And that's and that's really what it comes down to for the Golden Knights. We we all know how many games they have left. We all understand what the math looks like for Vegas. We all have a general idea that you're looking at 92 93 points that's that's kind of what's necessary to to really be in the conversation for the playoffs. So you do the math, you recognize what's ahead of the Golden Knights. The only thing that they can control is is winning their games. And and that's what you got to do. Otherwise the the noise doesn't really factor in, it doesn't matter.
0: Remember I I talked with 21 games left that they had <laughs> three best of 7 series. Uh, yeah, you did. You win your win those three series. Yep. Gives you enough wins mm-hmm. to hit that mark where all the formulas say you need to be. Sure. And around 94 points. They're five games into the first series.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're two and three. Yep. Tonight they need a win to force a game seven in that first series. Yep. So even though it hasn't gone perfect, they're still in a position to win the first series. Just have to win games six and seven. Mm-hmm. Game 6 is tonight against Nashville. Game 7, Chicago on Saturday. And we have tickets to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas Golden Knights nooner on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Give us a call. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Be caller number 19. Caller number 19. I'm chatting a little Riley Smith right now. Some love for Riley. Get back into the lineup. And we will, uh, you be caller number 19, we will give you two tickets to see the Golden Knights play right here at the Fortress against the Chicago Blackhawks. One-timers coming up next. News notes from around the National Hockey League as we roll on from Section 104 on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Maybe a 2 on 1, Petrangelo
3: gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider show.
0: A lot happening around the National Hockey League. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Let's start uh, right in the backyard where we are at this moment. The, the Golden Knights against the Nashville Predators. Just want to keep you up to date with uh, where things are. Max Pacioretty is a game-time decision for the Golden Knights. Kenny Dodonov uh, will return to the lineup tonight uh, for Vegas. But the goaltending tandem will be Yuri Patera backing up. Logan Thompson, Yuri Patera recalled from Henderson of the American Hockey League. Uh, Laurent Bressois uh, undisclosed injury, uh, but uh, Pete DeBoer said that he's been dressing, he's been dealing with something, and he's been able to back up, but not an option to start, but it's just gotten to the point now where it's not even an option to back up. So Bressois and Robin Leonard, lower body, the two goaltenders, on the depth chart that would rank one and two are not going to dress tonight. Do you get any feelings of year number one where Vegas (laughs) kind of went through a similar situation of going deep into the depth chart?
1: Yeah. I mean, when the option is there to go four deep, yeah, of course, for sure. Uh, which like up until this season was one of the wackiest things I've seen a a team deal with and get through pretty well on the other side of, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know, why, why not? Why not this year? Why not have to also go four goaltenders deep when you've dealt with injuries to literally everybody on the roster?
0: The Henderson goalies right now are both on PTOS, professional tryout offers. Yeah, uh, one one is a, a draft pick, yeah. Isaiah Seville, uh, yeah. and uh, and what a great story he is um, coming into the lineup. Another one of those Southpaws, uh, and so he's uh, he's there. But uh, yeah, they're 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 deep. Uh, Dylan Ferguson's banged up right now mm-hmm. uh, tough situation uh, Zach Hayes played the other night yep he made his debut in Minnesota got there in the middle of warm-up he talked today about running around trying to get ready yeah uh, for that game as as they land and they go to the rink and they're at XL Energy Center and he's he joins warm-up like sort of a couple of minutes in into warm-up one what, what thing I just wanted to acknowledge is he was he was pulled off the bus uh, at the last minute He knew a few of the guys were being called up yeah. But then uh, the, the Henderson Silver Knights said No you gotta go too So he was on the bus Headphones on, getting some music Ready to go on, on a road trip And instead has to grab his gear And, and go to the airport with his, with his teammates He got one of those great moments Where they tell him he's going up He's bus with all his teammates mm-hmm. To go on a, an AHL road trip and he gets the standing ovation from his, from his teammates. Walking off that American Hockey League bus, yep. flying up to make his National Hockey League debut. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And what what's, takes it up another notch is apparently Manny Viveros drove them in his truck, <laughs> the four players. <laughs> as, as, if I've got the story right, yeah. in, his, in his truck, drove them to the, to the airport for the flight to,
1: to Minneapolis-St. Paul. That's a coach right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I mean, the, the whole the whole situation is pretty awesome. Um, you know, running on adrenaline, getting into your first NHL game. Like, everything, the circumstances surrounding how that all came to be was, was just really fun and, and interesting. But, yeah, you're right. Like, Manny Viveros, uh, what, what's needed? What can I do? How can I get them to where they need to be uh, stepping in? That, that's pretty awesome. It's good stuff. I love Manny. He's so cool. Good guy. Uh,
0: amazing. From the from the first time he came on the BGK Insider Show, remember when he was using, like, he never met us before. Yeah. He's talking to Ryan and Darren, and he, for some reason he knew which voice was which. Yeah. Because he was uh, on the phone. And I just think that uh, that is so cool. Uh, Dallas Stars in action today. I want to tell you that um, Scott Wedgwood made his uh, debut for the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. It's a 1-1 game as they play Late in the second period, in Carolina, we need Carolina Hurricanes to buckle down in that one. Come on, bunch of jerks! Get it done. Pot a couple. Uh, Tory Crew <laughs> is out week to week for the St. Louis Blues, and the Blues acknowledge this is a big time hit uh, for the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis has had one of those under the radar seasons.
1: Well, I, they're just they're they're perpetually in second place. Yeah. But somehow, I don't
0: I don't know how they've stayed perpetually in second place with some of the injuries that they've had and the goaltending kind of going sideways for Jordan Binnington really so stepped up and played yeah, great yeah. but but it hasn't been the like just a whole hum nothing going on here season
1: <laughs> they've had a couple of challenges they they have for sure but I mean they've got a really, really Craig Berube is a great coach mm-hmm. and you know the. They've got enough scoring to kind of deal with some of the issues that they might have, whether it be defensively or whether it be, uh, you know, bad, bad goaltending for stretches. Whatever the case may be, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, Vladimir Tarasenko—it's been a really strong year for him. Like, they've got enough to—they've got enough guys that can put the puck in the back of the net to kind of outscore some of those issues, some of those problems, especially in the regular season. Tarasenko's got 20
0: goals; he's going to score 50 points. For a player who asked for a trade at the start of the year. how <laughs> we learned something uh, about players asking for trades just between Tarasenko and, and Jake DeBrusque? Yeah, just hang on to them and let them play well. Yeah, play your way out of it. Yeah. And that that also is great credit to the athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To continue on and be professionals. And sometimes the the home is right,
1: right there in front of you. And they, both guys were career players for their teams. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, you know, everyone recognizes this is a business. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there's a if there's a player that wants to be traded, but it doesn't make sense for the team, that player's going to suit up and play and give everything that he's got for the organization that he's playing for. Oilers right? are getting healthy.
0: Nuge, Ryan Nugent Hopkins missed a dozen. Yeah. He's back in the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Vladimir Nemestikov also making his debut for the Dallas Stars. Vladimir Nemestikov. That's a tongue twister.
1: Vlad Nemestikov? Yeah, it's easy. Do you, but, want say, do you want to say here too?
0: Vladimir Nemestikov? It's more when you're doing highlights. Yeah, well, and you
1: see, you have to look at it and say it. Nemestikov is not throw as, everything in. Nemestikov is not as difficult to me as Kokaniemi. Well, that one but and I <laughs> I practiced that thing a thousand I, times. I love Kaniemi because I know it's it's like a it's like a, a love hate relationship for you with yeah. that name. So I, I just I love bringing it up because every time I get you to say it, it's fun.
0: The name that I probably practiced the most over the course <laughs> of my career was a tennis player, Evgeny Kafelnikov. That one, that one gave me fits.
3: Yeah, that, that, that is a tough one.
0: Uh, Victor Arvidson returning to the lineup for the LA Kings tonight. Uh, He's been out of the lineup for a little bit. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury could debut for the Wild Saturday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's been a whirlwind for Fleury, said my buddy Dean Evison. Good chat with them, Uh, just getting settled, family, everything. So uh, they're talking maybe Saturday uh, for uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, Jared Spurgeon chatted with him this week uh, on the chirp he's a cool guy Mm. he looks like he's 21 though he's 32 (laughs) when he walked in to play his first uh first game yeah he got called up yeah they thought he was the stick boy
1: that's funny i Um, kid
0: you not they thought he was the stick boy
1: yeah i mean he he's he's a he's a fun player to watch he's an interesting guy i've heard a a couple of, of interviews with him i'll be Certain to catch yours as well, Darren. You lie. Um, yeah, that's just true. download it, okay? I, just download it and play. It. I download every chirp podcast as, as, as I tell. I, I get the chirp podcast to my phone every single new episode.
0: Tell my family you don't have to listen to it. You don't okay. have to listen to Daddy, but but you just play it, okay? Wait,
1: hold on, hold on. Who? Like my kids? No, that's no, no. It. Yeah, but you said you said Daddy, and you, Daddy. you've been going with the Donop thing. Yeah, well, that, really that confused is the nickname, as to Daddy. who you're talking about here. Like, does Evgeny have a podcast? Confused.
0: If Yenny would be a good podcaster, he would because fun. he's funny. Like, have, I, have I told you when when I'm on the ice with him and and I because <laughs> like, I chirp everybody, yeah. I'll chirp him a little bit, and he just looks at me like he has. It's not the language barrier. Yeah. He just looks at me like I'm a fool. Like, what yeah. are what are you? What are you yeah. Why why are you chirping me? Yeah. Everybody else kind of buys into stuff. Daddy's just like, no. why
1: do you call him why? Daddy? Yeah. No, you don't. I do. Do you really, Daddy? Yeah. Good job, Daddy. For sure. That that might lead into the the disapproving looks that he gives you. Everybody calls him Daddy. Yeah, yeah, but they're allowed to. Oh, I'm. I'm
0: if I'm on the ice with them, full, full teammanship. Oh boy. Uh, so I got some stories here. Uh, story time. Fire, fire, fire it up. Remillard, and this comes from the play of the day. Where Pittsburgh scored that beautiful goal. and It's it story good. time with Millard. <laughs> Thank you. See, Latang and Crosby and Malkin are all out there. And I, I wonder, do, does the coach work on that or do the players just come up with it? So remember when Wayne Gretzky was traded to the St. Louis
1: Blues? I remember.
0: They're, they're having a power play meeting. And Roger Nielsen, the late, great Roger Nielsen. Boy, was he a pioneer. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. He used to tell his goaltenders at one point to drop their stick when he pulled them at the end of the game for the extra attacker mm-hmm. to leave their stick on the ice in front of the goal line as a way to, if the team took a shot at the empty net, they would stop the uh, the puck. It was yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. Uh, so Roger's running the power play, and Brett Hull's over in the corner. So, Roger. Yeah. Let what? Roger starts doing the whiteboard stuff, doing drawing up plays. Roger, let Wayne talk. And he's like, Wayne's like, no, 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 no. Finally, the third time. Roger, who scored more goals than this guy? Let him do it. So eventually, Roger, like, just backs off, and and he and Wayne do it together. I'm not sure Wayne had a real big desire to run the St. Louis Blues power play. Yeah. But... This is one case where I give Brett full props. Because if you're running if you, if you've got Wayne Gretzky in your power play meeting, mm-hmm. he should be talking the most out of anybody. Mm-hmm. And it should revolve around Wayne, and and this is where Wayne would be great and where Holly is is awesome. Mm-hmm. Wayne would know, I get the puck, I pass it to 16, he shoots. Yeah. Goals.
1: Weird how that works. No, uh, pretty good, eh? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that that, if you've got Wayne Gretzky and Brett Hull on the same power play, I think that's probably the design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, might score goals that way. They they could have won a cup, that team.
0: I know it was a short-lived stay. <laughs> it was a short-lived stay, but but John Casey, like, Grant Fear got hurt oh. because because Chris Pronger knocked Nick Kiprios into Grant Fear. Yeah. Grant Fierre, uh Tors MCL, and then John Casey came in and was great for the for the St. Louis Blues. But it was that Steve Eiserman slapper from yeah. just over the blue line that found its way in the back of the net with Wayne on the back check. Yeah, uh, one of those great goals in in hockey history. It's, and Kipper, he's never admitted, oh. never admitted they took the flop <laughs> in on Grand Fear in their series uh, against the St. Louis Blues, but
1: he took the flop. Pronger hit him, yeah, but not that hard. Listen, um, that's like one of the most iconic goals visually, right? Yeah. Like because because it's behind behind yeah. Casey, right? Yeah. So you see you see that goal find its way, and it's it's pretty remarkable. Like that that's one of the. One Do you of think the, it was a bad goal? Um, I mean, it's Steve Eiserman. He could rip it, right? Like I know,
0: but it was from distance.
1: I, I mean, at, at that like as critical a goal as it was you probably want want that save like yeah you, you probably need i think it's that a bad save. goal but i mean I, I don't really i didn't have a dog in the fight like it didn't matter to me one way or another who ended up winning that series uh because you know wayne gretzky was traded from la and we all know how la was that year so like my point is um it was such a cool goal i don't care if it's a bad goal it was mm. fun it was awesome that camera angle is just phenomenal. Detroit win the Stanley Cup that year? Sure, maybe. I'll look it up.
0: Oh. Can't remember whether that was the year that they they played New Jersey or not. Uh, those are your one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. A little story time thrown in. Nice job, Chapman. When we continue, catching up with Chris on the way. <laughs>
3: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So history could be made tonight for your Canadian soccer team. The men are in San Jose, Costa Rica. And with a win, they will qualify for the World Cup for only the second time in their history. The other being 1986, which is which took place in Mexico and uh, ironically the United States playing in Mexico City tonight and a win by the United States would also put them in a prime position to qualify for the World Cup. The United States and Canada have never participated in the same World Cup. So opportunity for history to be made by both teams and earlier today, in case you missed it, Italy lost to North Macedonia and they will miss the World Cup for the second Consecutive time after not missing it for sixty plus years, it's absolutely unfathomable to me that Italy, maybe one of the—I mean, there's no maybe—they are one of the three or four greatest soccer-playing nations on the continent. They dominated uh, on, that game against
0: Northern. Oh, Macedonia. they had thirty shots. Yeah.
3: But all, yeah. I believe only five of them were on net. But they had 16 corners to none. It's... Dominic
0: Hasek was playing goal for Macedonia. Yeah, for the Macedonian <laughs> game. Seventy six. Hey, uh, the the Americans can't qualify tonight.
3: though. No, no. But a win puts them only, I believe, one point in their yeah. last two they've games. They've
0: never won at that stadium.
3: No, not in a not in a, a real game. game. They've won an exhibition game there, yeah. but uh, yeah, they've In a never... friendly, they've won in a friendly. Yeah, they've never actually won. Very few teams go to Azteca and, and walk out with yeah. a W, but uh, Canada actually did We're not really lose. Good. Yeah, they We're really they're, good. They're, and and no, Alfonso Davies tonight for Canada, but Jonathan David, he's really yeah. really good. I don't know how Canada got so good all of a sudden. I mean, the women's team has always been good. Of course, they won the gold medal in Tokyo, but all of a sudden the men's team now—it's it, my blowing. program's
0: been good for a while, and you know the, the the men's coach right now used to coach the women's program,
3: John Herdman.
0: Yep. He's an awesome
3: dude. I did not know that. Yeah. That is very, very cool, but I'm, I'm pulling for you guys, man. I, I, I hope I hope U.S. and Canada are both in the World Cup, and I mean, I don't think they'll play each other. It'd be very, very unlikely, but this way I could root for two North American teams because I'll never root for Mexico in the World Cup.
0: Canada's only appearance in the World Cup of Soccer was in 86, as you mentioned. Didn't score a goal. So that's, uh, that was disappointing. Hey, uh, 1996... Uh, Detroit did not win the Stanley Cup. That was Colorado. That was when uh, Wayne Gretzky played for the Blues. Nashville, Vegas, Ryan Wallace, pregame shows next.